Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, IDP Army. Ever think about making your own podcast? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And you can make some money with your podcast, too, with no minimum listenership. It's got everything that you need to make a podcast all in one place. So what are you waiting for, IDP Army? Download the free Anchor app and go to anchor.fm to get started today. Hello, possums. Welcome or welcome back to Offensive Points podcast. I'm here with my partners in crime, Josh Hall and Billy Mansell. You can follow them at J-O-S Hall, S-T-L, and Ombre Vendor. You can also follow us at OffensivePoints.com, or not .com, at Offensive Points on Twitter. We're getting there. We're getting there. We'll get ourselves a website soon. Yeah, we will. We'll get it. So we have four spots left in our best ball league. Um, holler at us. We'll get you in it again, just for bragging rights, but I'd uh, love to play with you guys. And then our, our main man, Jordan Reigns, is doing a team by team breakdown at IDP army on the, uh, the podcast channel and at 50 shades of drunk on Twitter. So feel free to go check that out as well. Um, so to start it off here, one, I hope you're having a great day. It's beautiful. It's rainy. But I want to go on an economics lesson for you guys. So fantasy football is the last legal free market system in the whole world. So with economics, you have supply and you have demand. And how you win fantasy football is taking advantage of the trends and using them to better your team and hurt your opponents, right? So it's all about doing this less supply equals higher demand. In a free market system, there is an equilibrium price. Once stuff goes up, it will always come down because the market will force it down. So what we need to do is sift through here and find when it's low and buy it while it's low, and sell it while it's high. Everyone says it, everyone does it, but uh, everyone knows of this, but no one actually does it, in my opinion. As an example, week three, guy in your league, he's running it, he's 3-0, and he loses Derrick Henry for the rest of the season. You have a lot of running backs on your team. Trade him for those, or trade him for some picks in Dynasty, trade him for some wide receivers if you're low in that, but trade him stuff right there. It's not about maximizing your value in these trades, but you can always pick up some good stuff because that guy, I'm telling you, losing your RB1 week three when you're 3-0, you're freaking out. You're going to overpay for some stuff. As possums, we need to take advantage of that. You need to be there for that. So my best advice here is in Dynasty, you're trading picks for players during the draft season. Everyone's overvaluing these picks. Everyone wants to make their picks. Trade them, get some players to take you through. During the season, people get injured. Trade them players, recoup your picks, and then you have money to spend on the draft season, and you can get players back in return, which ultimately do have more value than most picks in Dynasty. Let's be real. Okay, so gentlemen, that's the end of my rant. 
Um, how are you guys doing today? Wow. That was a three minute just hashing out of the dynasty strategy. Dude, I, I like that. People have to know this. You hear everyone buy low, sell high, buy low, sell high. Do they actually do it? No, it's stupid. They tried to give you crap for, for a really good player, and that's pretty much the extent of trading for the most part. Um, especially but, in Dynasty. Um, especially in Dynasty. Coming in hot. I like and it. Another thing is, especially if you're in like a 10-team uh, Dynasty League, that's a really good time. Everyone loves running backs. Not a lot of people have running backs, especially in Dynasty when you have very large benches. Stash some of those players that are sitting on that waiver wire. Uh, there's going to be some people out there that are the, the RB2 on a team that really doesn't use a committee, like a Tony Pollard, Bind Zeke. I mean, maybe that's probably a bad example, but... Um, that kind of person, because when or if Zeke did go down, you then either have a starting running back or you have some really good trade potential. That's true. Wow. Everyone study economics, live it, learn it, do it. This week's open was very uh, fantasy football forward. I like it. <laughs> Start right study the it. economics so you don't have to. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I just wanted to tell you all about this, and this is not an ad. There's this app called Underdog. So it's basically like DraftKings, except for it's for drafting. So you basically, it's like a best ball system. You pay like $3, you draft an entire team, and then that team runs for the entire season. And whoever out of the 12 teams wins at the end of the season gets all of the money in the pot. It's actually quite a bit of fun, and I'm surprised something like this hasn't actually been out before. But if you are one of those people that like loves doing mock drafts, loves like coming up with cool teams and stuff that you just want to try out and see, well, why not win a little bit of money while doing it? Honestly, like, I, I don't know. I, I put about, I put some money into it. I've, I've drafted a couple of times, just kind of fun to see how people draft and stuff. And then honestly, if I ended up with the best team out of that, I will win the pot. And it was like $5 a person. So I don't know. That's like what? 60 bucks. I will take that if I ended up draft, drafting the best team. So I just want to let everyone out there know about the app underdog. If you're not like a big like daily draft person and you want to do like a season-long draft thing, uh, this might be for you. So I don't know. Just letting you all know that it's out there. It's very good to find out how people are drafting right now. And it's a mock draft that actually matters because there's money on the line. So. I don't know. I'm going to do like 100 lineups on that. You said three bucks? Uh, some are three, some are five, some are 10. There's, you know, it's. Man. Why not? Yeah. I'm, I'm just going to pay for a vacation. Hey, I'm just letting you know, man. It's out there. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate you. I appreciate you uh, getting us some sponsorships. Uh, you go ahead and reach out to them, and we'll talk about them on every podcast. And, Technically, uh, I think Jordan has some kind of some kind of deal with them, but I don't know the specifics behind that. Underdog, shout out if you are with us, but. Yeah, well, if if they do, they will. Uh, I actually also, don't have any. Oh, sorry, no, go ahead. No, no, if you guys live anywhere except for Missouri, please go to monkeyknifefight.com, play it. It's fun. 100%. Very jealous. Dude, Missouri's gambling laws are just awful. Um, it is. Underdog will allow you to do it, though, because it's DraftKings. It's, it's strategy-based, not gambling. So it's kind of perfect. I am writing down come up with an awesome intro for next week. I do not have one. I just want to say happy 4th of July to all <laughs> of our Americans and all of our UKans. My apologies. All right. Starting right, starting right off with it. I like it. Our, uh, our boy Aaron will be happy to hear that. Apparently, we got a, a decent amount of UK listeners. I just wanted to apologize for them. I didn't. I wasn't part of it. I'm just some guy who happens to live here. Is that still a touchy subject? 
I don't know. There's no way. It's that been tweet, very tweet, much yeah. generations. It's been 300 ago. years or 250 years. I'm sure years there's now. one guy just still holding on to that. Was it the same queen then? I, I can't remember. <laughs> Maybe. Sorry, UK. I'm, wow. do- I'm done. I'm done. It's offensive points. You know what you're getting into. You did know what you're getting into. I like it. Um. All right. Well, let's talk some rankings this evening. Josh finally got all of our rankings together after a very bullshit i was ready you guys weren't a very long odyssey of getting those rankings out on twitter he put the first 25 out um i think we're just going to kind of off the top kind of go with who our consensus people are kind of who we have you know top five or so i I think we need to start off with number one the most important one of course yeah let's start out with number one number one for our rankings is not like everyone else because we are different we have Derrick Henry number one overall over CMC. Josh, I, make your case I, for putting him number two. I mean, I have him as number thinking. two, so I'm not upset about this at all. Um, I like Christian McCaffrey as the number one. I think a lot of people think that, oh, he was injured last year. I mean, it was a down year for the Panthers all year anyway, and he was like weirdly injured. It wasn't bad injured, but he didn't end up playing a lot, and it was definitely a bummer having him on your team. You probably didn't win, um, but I do like Derrick Henry a lot. I think he goes undervalued because he's not a pass catcher per se. I mean, he does catch passes, but he's not the tradition. He's the traditional running back. He's not the what is today's traditional with the pass catching back. And I think that's what everyone kind of misses him. And I've seen him all over other people's rankings at number six and seven and eight and all kinds of stuff. Mostly, he's been like top three, four somewhere in there, uh, especially with people having Saquon and Zeke slip down the boards, but. I personally have McCaffrey number one. I think he's the best running back in the league, but I think Derrick Henry is right there and he is that traditional running back and he's going to end up with, you know, 15, 16 touchdowns. And then not to mention the ridiculous amount of yards. Joe, you want to talk about Derrick Henry or you want me to Derrick Henry it? is a God. Them signing Julio turned Derrick Henry into an absolute God. Um, he's going to get you all the points. He's an absolute no brainer up there. They say they want to throw him the ball more. I don't think that happens a whole lot. If it does, great. But, I mean, he's just going to run all over people. There's no way defenses could possibly stop the three of them, plus the occasional sneak run by uh, Tannehill there. So, I think Derrick Henry's a god. I agree. Um, I agree 100%. I think with getting um, A.J. Brown and Julio Jones on the outside, it's going to open up a lot of work over the – a lot of it's going to space out the defense a lot more than if there's just one person focused on AJ Brown with maybe a little bit of help from the safety coming over to help. Now you've got Julio and AJ Brown on the outside, and like, who the hell are you going to cover? Like, which one? What are you going to devote I think your resources? I know why for? why Josh has him at number two is because he's pretty high on Anthony Ferkser, so I think he uh, he assumes that Anthony Ferkser is going to get take a little way steal from some Derrick Henry work. I don't think he'll steal Derrick Henry work, but I do think Ferkser is a sleeper tight end this year. I'm actually, I wasn't even going to touch on him in my tight end rant later. Fair he enough. went to tight end you, man. I, I like, I, I Ferkser's got the opportunity. He's going to get all of Johnny's snaps. I think obviously Julio cuts into that a bit, but um, no, regardless, Derrick Henry is a, 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 a man child uh, and he is a big dude and he is going to run for some fucking yards. Uh, I think everyone can agree. But anyway, our top five, as you may have seen on Twitter, Derrick Henry, number one, McCaffrey, number two, Dalvin Cook, number three, Saquon, number four, Kamara, number five. And Kamara is in the top five due to Joe. So, Joe, why is Kamara top five running back? 
he's got the Christmas shoes, man. I think he just wears them all year this year. Um, no, man. I mean, the only thing that holds me back on Kamara is if Jameis Winston wins the job, he does not have a history of throwing to running backs a whole lot. Uh, so I think that'll take away a little bit from him. But honestly, you got Sean Payton there. He's going to get Kamara the ball. So he's going to say, listen, Jameis, um, you either get the ball to him or you're benched. Uh, so I think that will pick up. He'll, he'll still catch some balls, even if it's Taysom uh, in there. I'm, I'm just really big on Kamara, man. I have a hard time finding a more talented running back in this league than him. I was about to say, who's he gonna, who are they going to bench him for Taysom Hill? That offense yeah. was disgusting. Yeah. Well, actually, he did really well with Taysom Hill. And I, I think that was my logic is – and it wasn't even about Jamie's not throwing to uh, – running backs because he never really had a good running back. That was back in the Rojo. Uh, who was the other running back at that time? Fournette. No, not Fournette. No, not Fournette. Ooh, oh, okay. Well, regardless, they didn't I'll have a way to drop that on us. Rojo was, Rojo was <laughs> young and not good yet. And I, God, I can't remember the other running back, but he didn't have anyone to throw to. So I don't think Jamie's will hurt his value, but he is better with Taysom because Taysom dumps off a lot of that weird QB option stuff. So, um, but no, I, I like Kamara. I have him at eight. Billy has him at seven, respectively. So it's not like we didn't have him up there. Uh, we both had Zeke over him. Uh, I had Jonathan Taylor over him. Billy um, did not have Zeke over him. Oh, you guys I'm looking both at you. Jonathan Taylor. I'm over looking him. at you. My yeah. apologies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My apologies. I do have Jonathan Taylor over him, and uh, we had Zeke over him. But no, I, I, I think Kamara. Or you had Kamara at four. You had Saquon. My apologies. I'm looking at the wrong rankings. Anyway, uh, regardless, we got a top. Top 10 full of running backs. Uh, Zeke, Taylor, Aaron Jones are there. You can see all these, and we will release all of them as well, but we're going to probably tease it by 25 by 25. For sure. Okay, well, let's get into what I think is the major disagreements that we've had on the list. I do want to point out our complete, absolute, thorough agreement on Calvin Ridley at 14, though. Oh, and Nick Chubb cool. at 10. Yes. And Nick Chubb at 10. Yeah, I didn't see that one. <laughs> all 10s, no, all 14s for Ridley. All three picked out that to be <laughs> yeah, to be the exact same. Actually, which is ironic. Those are the only two people we are all in agreement on. Because hmm. we weren't even on the top and the top three. We all had different, you know, top eight or nine. We all had different people. Well, we were just on the same wavelength when it came to those two, I suppose. Okay. Well, the way we're gonna do this tonight is the first one is going to be a player that we are high on, but the other two people aren't as high on. So the person's going to have to explain why they are so much higher on them than the other two. So I will go first. This is a segment we call, Are You High? And it's just to uh, explain why we're so high. And so I will tell you if you're high. Fair enough. So the first one on here is AJ Brown for me. I put him at 16. Joe, you have him at 21. And Josh, you have him at 25. My reasoning for having him so high is that I think Julio unlocks more work for him. I know that might seem odd because it's another wide receiver stealing touches, but I think it's just going to draw coverage away from AJ Brown. And AJ Brown's going to be able to do what AJ Brown does. Julio is going to inevitably break down in the season. It's just going to happen. I don't, I, you know, I don't want to, I'm not saying injuries are something I predict because you can't predict them, but 
history states Julio may not play all 17 games. And so I think that opens up a lot of work for A.J. Brown and makes him, you know, one of the top receivers. Why do you all disagree? I think that Ryan Tannehill is extraordinarily efficient as a quarterback, but he does not have the – he doesn't throw it enough. I mean, you look at the guys that are really the tops. Um, I mean, Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers is throwing it all over the yard all the time. You got Tyreek Hill. Patrick Mahomes is obviously throwing it all over the time. Those two are very efficient throwing it to him, but I just think that the Tennessee Titans are still – a run-it-down-your-throat type of offense, even with the addition of Julio, that just opened stuff even more up for Derrick Henry. I think A.J. Brown is awesome. I just I don't have him as high as you do, based on the fact that I don't think he's going to get the type of volume that required, that is required for him to be at that spot. I think A.J. Brown is going to basically match his statistics for the last two years. I don't think it's there's anything wrong with that. I don't think that – I mean, I have a few people above him that you don't. D.K. Metcalf, Justin Jefferson, Keenan Allen. I might be a little bit of a homer on Justin Jefferson, but I feel like D.K. Metcalf's at number one for Russell Wilson. Uh, Keenan Allen is going to be getting a lot of targets with uh, Herbert there. And my, my biggest concern of A.J. is coming off that knee surgery, and obviously Julio's there but he's still not even practicing yet. Julio's going to be there, and if Julio does play a full season, he's going to be hurt a little bit. I mean, it's not going to hurt him a lot because he was originally going to be the only wide receiver on that team, basically, and then some rookies, your boy Des Fitzpatrick. Um, so I don't I don't disagree with it. I think you have him a little too high, but I don't think you're, like, that high. Like, I feel no, like- I mean, the, the ADP, Fantasy Pros has it at 23 Overall, I have it at 21. Billy's got him at 16. Josh, you have him at 25. So Which we're actually average higher. Of 21. Yeah, so we're actually higher than, uh, than the ADP. We are. And him, it's because so. of me. He finished as the 10th wide receiver last year, and I'm just projecting him to maybe be six. I think within the top 10 is completely reasonable. I'm not saying he can't be in the top six. I just think that there are some other wide receivers that, that have, a, have an easier road to it. Fair enough. All right. Well, the next person on this list is Joe. You're going to have to explain your uh, love of David Montgomery. You have him at 23. I have him at 38, and Josh has him at 27. Okay. So me and Josh are both high on him. His ADP right now is at 37. So I promise you this is not a homer pick as much as I want it to be. Uh, Do I think the Bears are going to have a good offensive line? Not really. Not at all. But I do want to point out, so Matt Nagy, right around November 13th of last year, turned over play calling duties to Bill Lazor, the offensive coordinator. So before Bill Lazor, David Montgomery was averaging 14 carries for 52 yards and had one touchdown. He was also averaging three receptions for 23 yards, and he had one touchdown that whole time. After Bill Lazor took over the last six weeks, David Montgomery averaged 19 carries a game for 100 yards, well, 99.67, and had seven touchdowns in six games right there. His long run was 80 before it was 30. So plus he had four receptions a game for 37 yards. So his output those last six games was absolutely incredible. If you average that out to a full season, that would have been 328 carries for 1,600 yards 
nine touchdowns. I'm I'm giving him that. You know, it probably would have been more because he had six and seven or seven touchdowns in six games. But that also would have been 68 catches for 639 yards right there. So I went ahead and took that out over 16 games. That was 355 points. Now, Alvin Kamara had 377. Dalvin Cook had 337. And Derrick Henry had 333 points. So I'm not saying that David Montgomery is going to be the number two back in all of fantasy. But right now, I have him at RB15 on my list. And I'm probably going to move him up over Sanders, Najee Harris, and Eckler really after diving into all of this right here. You have to assume Matt Nagy said he was going to come back and play call, call plays again, but they saw how effective they were with David Montgomery being their bell cow right there. Damian Harris is there. Tyree Cohen's coming back. Yes, I think they will play a role, but I think it might even make him more efficient and more effective. So I am very, very, very high on David Montgomery. Okay. I actually uh, I actually have him at RB15 as well. I just have a couple uh, wide receivers ahead of him. Um, so, I mean, really, and it, kind of what he said, the negatives, I guess, of Montgomery, and this is why I have him at RB15 and not higher, is I do believe that he gets completely disrespected and could easily be a top 10 running back. I think that in a lot of rankings, you're seeing him in like the 30s. And honestly, that is a great value for a bell cow running back. Uh, Cohen also wasn't there last year, um, so he will cut into some of that pass catching duties. I still think Montgomery is, they're going to throw to him still. He's not going to not be out there for passing downs. It's not going to be swap, but I think Cohen will cut in a little bit there. Um, I, my biggest concern is the change of QB. The reason they used him last year a lot was because Trubisky is trash and didn't know how to throw the ball. Um, so with Andy Dalton, obviously not scared. I think they'll probably lean on Montgomery early in the season. I think he's going to be really good for the first few games. That is if Dalton plays. What scares me is Fields. You see it when a mobile quarterback comes in. Uh, Fields may try to stick more to the pocket, but he's still young. He's fast, so he's going to be able to run. Um so I just feel like that's going to be my biggest concern, especially with a guy who is not necessarily a pass catching back. Obviously he can. Um, so I, 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 I'm not, I'm not too worried. I'm sure he'll still get his, I think RB 15 is perfectly good. If not a little under, but I just, I, that's why I don't have him in like, you know, the top 20 or anything of my entire rankings. I just need to see it from him personally. And it, it's just, it's not that I think that he's bad. I just, the system seems very wishy-washy. And when they put all these new quarterbacks in, I feel like the script flips for him and it's not necessarily his fault. And I actually think when fields gets in there, it might help him a little bit because he's never played with a good quarterback. Sorry. It's just the way it is. And I think if you give him Justin Fields at Justin Fields, you know what his peak is supposed to be. I think that could unlock something in David Montgomery that they haven't gotten yet. So I, I think he is a tremendous value right now. I think the value is phenomenal because value honestly, is phenomenal. after that, in our rankings, we have Dobbins, Mixon, Swift, Edward Zolaire, Josh Jacobs, Carson as our next, what, six running backs off the board. I think he is better than all of them. I think some of them have some chances to be better that than him. I don't him. know about, but. Well, I, I see that in your rankings, but I, in my rankings, I do not see that. Okay. Well, let's get on Go to. Go draft him. Trade for him. He's going to blow up. I mean, we're talking, we're talking late third early fourth round I mean, basically he's your second running back right now it's be absolutely stoked to start off with freaking kamara and montgomery as my one and two you could have him as your he could be your third he could damien, be your third. damien williams is in town so 
Who knows Maybe what's going to happen? Jimmy Williams is way down that board. I don't even see his name. He's not a, he's not ranked, but that doesn't he you know. Last time we saw him, he was pretty good. He should have been the Super Bowl MVP, but that's a conspiracy for another day, I suppose. Um, all right, Josh, let's have you go ahead and defend your first one because this is fucking outrageous to me. Um, you have Devonte Smith at sixty six. I don't have him ranked, which is totally on me, and Joe has him at eighty one. I made a mistake, so that's not I. You know, I don't I, want to make it seem like that. But sixty six seems high. Okay, as I, and it is high as to us uh, compared to ADP. I will tell you why I have him high, and also sure. just want to say making a top one hundred is way easier than it sounds because there is at least one hundred twenty people that should absolutely be ranked, and we all see that. Billy's got people listed. I have people listed. Joe has people listed that are just not even in our top 100 so i'm not sure um, why i forgot Devonte smith existed i don't know what happened there i don't know i okay so Devonte smith my argument for him here is i think he's the most slept on first round rookie especially in like fantasy draft uh era he was the 10th overall pick in the nfl draft he was literally the heisman trophy winner last year and i mean he's basically going to I wouldn't say his quarterback, but a quarterback that knows him. I mean, they he definitely threw some balls to him uh, in, what, 2018 before he went over to Oklahoma. Uh, but I just – I, I got to say I'm, I'm probably a homer on this one, and this is just me, but the man – we have no receivers. We have some makeshift receivers. I think Devontae is going to step right in. I think it's going to be kind of like – this is going to be Jalen Hurts' Zach Ertz, like Carson Wentz and Zach Ertz were like – you know, Zach Ertz was Carson Wentz's best man. I, I could see Devonta, Devonta Smith, if Jalen Hurts gets married, Devonta Smith being his best man. I just, I see that. Uh, also, Joe is my best man. So it works out really well. We have the, the whole best man connection there. But best I just, man. Best man. I just, I, I, I'm seeing, I'm not, I'm not trying to get crazy with him. I just, I think he's bound for at least 800 yard season, if not the 1K mark, especially with week 17 and not a whole lot of targets. Also, the Eagles defense is trash. So we're going to be throwing the ball. And if Devonta Smith stays healthy, that man is destined for a one K season. And I mean, God knows how many touchdowns because they'll, they'll be basically Deshaun Jackson type touchdowns. I love it, Josh. Okay. You might have swayed me a little bit. I mean, I'm definitely swayed into ranking him because that was a fucking <laughs> mistake. But, I, have uh, people, I have people too that need to be ranked and don't hundred percent. And you know, it's kind of, it was kind of like one of those things when I was like researching it of like seeing where people were on the list and I was like, I don't have Devontae Smith on here. Okay, well, that's interesting. I don't think he's 66, but at the same time, you know, it's okay. Well, but, I okay, mean, so how many how many 300-yard games did Hurts have last year? Wasn't it two? And like, two, 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 out four. Of three. Also, two out of four? Okay, two out of I'll, four. I'll, I'll touch on Hurts at some point, but Hurts also played with a, a no offseason and a Hurts. We'll get to Hurts later. I know, he, I know. I'm just no, saying. Like, I mean, I'm saying there's a ton of, ton of targets available for Devontae Smith. I mean, Rager... I think he's going to do better this year, but he's clearly not profiled as the number one wide receiver. The only knock that I keep hearing on Smith is he's small, but I mean, he's played with that frame his entire life and he's succeeded at every level. So I think I'm with Josh, man. I might be moving him up here. I I could probably move him down a couple slots and I'm, I'm okay with that, but I have him over T Higgins uh, that's a mistake. Okay, okay, no, no, I'm, I'm gonna make these. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to look. <laughs> T. Higgins, Jerry Judy, Brandon Cooks, uh, Debo Samuel. So in my eyes, all number two wide receivers at this point. T. Higgins might be arguably number one. That's going to be a conversation uh, at some point or another. But I'm just saying, it's it's not like 
he's he's basically one of the lowest first ranked wide wide receiver ones on a team. I I just think that in the 80 or 90s or whatever average draft position they have him at is a little too low. I think I think 70-ish would be great. That's right where like Odell, Juju, Judy, Landry, stuff like that's going. Yeah. So I just feel like that's it's a conversation and it's it's something that could win you your league in that those late round picks are what matters. Those mid to late round picks, sixth, seventh round, eighth round. Okay, so oh. we have Landry two spots above him. Yes. Um would you take Smith over Landry? Absolutely. Yeah. Um Landry hasn't done it lately. He's been yeah, I good. I mean, Odell went down and that should have been a fucking breakout season for Landry. Landry was the slot guy in Miami. And he's basically been running different routes, which is what he's actually destined to do. He, he wasn't supposed to be the slot guy, but he did it well. So I don't know why they don't use him like that. And Cleveland could use some checkdowns here and there. They always go for the deep ball, which it works. I mean, especially with their run game, it works sometimes. But Landry, fantasy-wise, is, I wouldn't say irrelevant because he's still someone who can uh, go from time to time. But I wouldn't feel comfortable starting him every week. Hmm. I mean, maybe matchup dependent. Plus, it's he definitely. plays in a tough division, so you know. All right, I'm gonna move him up. I'm gonna move him up. All well, right, we're gonna add to this and get down to like 150 because we really need to get some some I'm, of our. I'm glad to hear you're moving him up. He he was able to sway you into that. No, that's good. All right, well, we'll get on to my next one, which is Leonard Fournette. I have him at 75. Joe, you have him at 92, and Josh, you have him at 94. So my main argument for this is that he got better as the season went on and in the playoffs he really peaked. Now if that was if that was his peak and he's going to come into the year not you know not that guy anymore like you're not that guy man. Like if he's going <laughs> to come if he's going to come into it like that, sure, sure. Then he is probably deserves to be lower down this list. But I think he deserves the chance over Rojo to be the number 1 running back and to try to capitalize on what he was able to do in the playoffs and the Super Bowl and be the number one guy there. And I think if he does that, 75 is not not silly for him. Um, why do you all have him lower? I'm going to move him up to 93. You, you convinced me. Oh, wait. Uh, no, you didn't. Because Fournette, Rojo, I don't understand this backfield. They don't go by anything that makes well, any sense. I got sense. Geo there, too. And I got Geo there. I just, yeah. I, I couldn't, and and I, 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 I felt him slipping down my board as I was putting him in, and that was almost like a pity throw in because I couldn't not put him in my hundred because I love Leonard Fournette and I want to be good. The great news is you're getting him at great value because yeah. I mean you're you're getting him as your fourth, fifth running back at this point, so he's really just going to sit on your bench until they either make a decision on him. But I had Fournette and Rojo in two different leagues, and I never knew when to start him because they could both go for twenty five points, thirty points in a game but you did not know when that was going to be. And I, that's my biggest problem is the same. With- so, but like the way that he started peaking during the playoffs, I did nothing I, for you. Like I, you were like, whatever. Leonard Fournette has shown his whole career that if he doesn't have something important to play for, he's not going to be in the spotlight on something that he does not try in the playoffs. He was obviously on national television. They're playing for a super bowl. He was actually motivated. I think he lacks motivation and I think that Bruce Arians knows that, and that's why they deployed him that way. I think Ronald Jones, if the man could catch, I mean, he would be a phenomenal running back. And probably be, in, yeah, Billy, and not fumble too. But Billy, you have Ronald Jones at seventy four and Fournette at seventy five, so you're obviously not sold on one way or the other either. It's called a lottery ticket. You buy a couple of them, you never know which one's going to hit. 
No, no, no. <laughs> I, I'm perfectly down with this because we have him at 81 in our ADP. So that is the ninth round, maybe eighth round if you're reaching and you really need a running back right then. That is a great time to buy either one of those guys. I just – I can't move him up to – what do you got? 70, 75 is not 75. a bad spot for him, but I just – I just can't get down on either one of them like for, I, I, and I think they probably should be higher. I just, I don't trust either one of them. I just feel I like don't. seventh round. Okay. So say I'll keep this short. So if you're doing a draft, you get your couple running backs in the beginning, you start piling up on wide receivers. You maybe grab a tight end too, or a tight end as well. And then you're right at that point where it's like, do I go for the quarterback? Cause we're about to get to the quarterback rounds or do I go for a lottery ticket? running back in the seventh. I think I'd rather take the lottery pick running back and then wait on a quarterback. And that's why I think that's what I think Leonard Fournette represents. Okay. I I got a great point here. And this is something that's not even in our repertoire. So we have Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones at uh, 85 and 81 respectively. I did that backwards. Um, So like I said, I like the lottery ticket, but I don't like a, you never know when to start them. Cause if they both stay healthy, you never know when to start either one of them. I don't think they're going to commit to one because Tampa Bay has proven that they just want a bunch of stars around Tom Brady. Um, we have Zach Moss at 94. I have an 85 Joe has him at 94. You don't have him ranked, which is fine. We, we didn't really do that. It's not the perfect ranking. He needs, he right needs to be up now, but yeah, we yeah, need to redo but, these but, for sure, but whatever. But Zach Moss ha- is the perfect identity of a lottery ticket. And I, I don't think the guy in front of him is, really valuable and i don't think either one of us do or any of us do so that would be my lottery ticket there instead or i mean even a james connor i don't really like james connor all that much but i think he's a good lottery ticket we have him below damien like, harris da- you would, harris. Take, you would have- take james connor over fournette no <laughs> i i i wouldn't i wouldn't okay. i was just making i, I was point. about to say mm, that's interesting and damien right. harris is ranked above both of those people well but. speaking of damien harris we'll get on to joe's so joe you have damien harris at 51 josh has him at 95 and i have him at 81 well you guys joe. are too low on him joe go ahead why <laughs> why are you so high on the damien harris supply well, you guys saw the news today damien harris is killing it in camp Oh, camp news! Camp imagine, news. News. imagine Patriots news being something that's like dead on. Right, right. This is the case here, though. Okay, okay so ADP on him is eighty nine. I got him at fifty one. So it takes us back to our offensive line rankings where we had him. PFF has the Patriots at three, so that's awesome. So as you go into this this whole situation here, Damian Harris for his career has averaged five yards a carry. Um, I think Belichick knows that he's probably got that stat highlighted or bookmarked or something. Um, so Cam Newton last year had his most rushing attempts since 2017, where he had 139, but he had that last year with 137. He also had the most rushing TDs he's had since his rookie year. He had 12 last year, his rookie year, he had 14. So there were th- some things that Cam How was many did struggling. Have? Two. Yeah. Okay. Two. All right. Yeah. But, but I'm getting get there. I'm getting there. <laughs> so Cam Newton obviously gobbled a lot of that up. Right. So I do think Cam starts the season, but they got, they got the thing they just drafted. They just invested a ton of money, a ton of, a uh, ton of stock into Mac Jones. I'm going to go ahead and read you his, uh, his, his career rushing records. You guys ready for this? Mm-hmm. All right. 54 attempts, 42 yards, two touchdowns. That's fucking solid. That's about what I expect. 0.8 yards per carry. So 
Damian Harris started over Josh Jacobs at Alabama, number one, has averaged five yards per attempt and is going to need to bail Mac Jones out consistently because I don't think Mac Jones is a very good quarterback. I do think Belichick's okay. going to get good stuff out of him, but I don't see I don't see Cam starting a full season. I see Mac Jones taking over, and I think Damian Harris is going to have to carry this team All right. for, for a long shot there. Cam – did vulture the touchdowns last year. I'll give him that. Uh, and he did. Damien Harris did have 700 yards in 10 games, which is pretty solid. I, I You can't be mad about that. That's on par for a thousand yard season. Four words. Bill Belichick committee backfield. That man has never had one running back on either side of the ball, pass catching or just the strict rusher. There are plenty of running backs on that team. Do you, do you want to list them off? Uh yeah, Sony Michelle. Was it Rondale Stevenson? Yeah, um, Ramondre. Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, James White. Um, JJ is JJ still there? JJ is still there. Okay. Anyway, yeah. So there's a lot of running backs there. Hold on. When do you guys think the last time a New England Patriots running back had a thousand yard, or thousand rusher season? It's probably been years. I wouldn't even know. What's, who the well, last what's your I got it. I got it in front of me. I just. Oh, okay. Um. Probably like 2009 or so. Yeah. Joe knows it. Green Ellis? No, it wasn't. The law firm. What's your, what's your guess? I, I was thinking it was like in 2009, somebody around that era. Okay, 2009, Joe. 2016. You looked it up. LeGarrette <laughs> Blunt with the 1,000-yard <laughs> rushing season. And that was an off year. I'm pretty sure Brady was hurt. It was They just don't have 1,000-yard rushers, and that's my problem with it. I agree with the Mac Jones thing. I probably could have him higher. I have him lower ADP than that. Um, I will say I did not take into account Mac Jones coming in because Cam did vulture all the touchdowns. My main thing is there are still five running backs there. I'll move him up. I'll, I'll say you convinced me. I have him super low. I'm probably way too low on him already. That 51, though, I need you to bring that down a little bit. No, I'm not going to. Well, don't worry. I'm going to keep it high. I don't trust Bill Belichick without, you know, if I gave him $5, I'd come back and I would assume it was gone because I don't trust him. And I don't trust him with running backs. So to hear in camp that he seems like he's the number one, well, that probably means Ramondre Stevenson's the number one, actually. Like, it's just all smokescreen bullshit. But there's this thing with the 1,000-yard rusher, right? There's there's one name that we're forgetting here, and that's Tom Brady. Um, Tom Brady was extremely efficient in the end zone. You had Edelman taking all those. You had – I mean, you don't need a running back in the inside the goal line when you have Tom Brady. With Mac Jones, you need a fucking running back. No, so the thing is, I was actually looking at the stats, and it, it's not that it was, you know, Tom Brady because Tom Brady was there – they still had about the same amount average. I looked at their uh, rushing game because I, I thought the same thing. And they were right around like 14th, 16th best rusher, like just total rushing yards. So it's not like they weren't getting the rushing yards. They were just deploying a shit ton of running backs, which is what he does. And maybe he does like Damian Harris. Maybe Damian Harris is that dude. But maybe it's Ramon J. Stevenson. We haven't even seen him yet. So... And Sony. I mean, they haven't even given up on Sony. They won't. They could have traded him. I've I've given up on Sony. I gave up on Sony a long time ago, but I think it's Damian Harris is going to be in the same boat as Mm -hmm. Sony until he gets traded Mm -hmm. off the Patriots. Poor Sony. Okay, well, let's get to our last one of the high section, which is for Josh, Mr. DJ Chark. You have him at 60. Joe and I have him at 
Nope, not doing DJ Chark. I have nothing bad to say about DJ Chark. Or oh, you want to do tight ends? We're gonna yeah, do some tight. Let's get let's to the damn tight ends. I forgot about all that. Right, all right, all right. So I have. All right, I'm gonna go piss while you do this. Yeah, that's please fine, do. That's fine. You should definitely hear some of this though. Uh, TJ Hawkinson and Dallas Goddard significantly higher than both of you. I have Hawkinson at 56. You have 71 and 70. Uh, and then Dallas Goddard, I have 73. Joe has him at 95. You don't have him ranked. I think. I understand why but you don't have both of them ranked. I understand that there's no reason to reach for any tight end other than the top three, who we have as Travis Kelsey, Kittle, and Waller at 13, 23, and 24, respectively. Kittle and Waller could easily be swapped. I think a couple of us had some different uh, points there. But there is a huge difference, and I know you said something about the uh, top three tight ends and then the drop-off there. Last year was a little different than most of the past years. I feel like sixth, seventh round is that time set where it is okay to grab someone with top uh, top five tight end potential, and that's where I think Dallas Goddard and Hawkinson lie. Hawkinson had a rough rookie year, 367 yards, two touchdowns on 32 catches, and then kind of came back and did it with – Galladay was a little injured there too, but uh, 67 catches, 723 yards, and six touchdowns. My argument for Hawkinson is there is no one there to catch the ball. You got no one else other than Quintez Cephas, Amon Ray St. Brown, and I don't know, name another random rookie. Brashad Perriman's there. Oh, they got Perriman? Good for him. Yeah. Okay. No, I mean, I mean I, that doesn't mean anything, no, but no, no, he's no. there. Good for him in general. But I'm just saying, Hawkinson, that's why I have him so high. I think there is a lot of targets that are going to go around. I know Goff isn't the best quarterback in the world, but he's also not the worst. Um, he's going to have to throw the ball. Their running game's good. I think the running game's going to do great. I think Hawkinson's going to get a lot of those dump off. Uh, I think he easily could get 80 catches for closer to the thousand yard mark. I don't want to say that Um, Goddard on the other hand, and this goes back to my, I'm just being a Homer here with the Eagles here. hundred percent. Two two Eagles on your list. I get it, but I am, I am, I'm true about these two. These are the two Eagles you want to carry if they're not Miles Sanders. So in 2019, the Eagles 604 targets, 235 went to tight end. 135 to Ertz, 87 to Goddard. That was Goddard's rookie season, which he ended up with 58 catches for 607 yards and five touchdowns, which was also Ertz's, um, was that his? No, that was 2018 where he had the ridiculous stats score. But anyway, still had, oh no, 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 I was wrong. 2019. Okay, regardless, Goddard in his rookie year had one of the best years. Last year in 11 games, caught 46 yards for 524 yards, only three touchdowns. Injured. No offensive line, no quarterback to speak of until uh, Jalen Hurts came in, who actually did like him. Um, One more stat. This is someone who is not ranked on any of ours because no one knows where he's going to be. Zach Ertz has averaged more than 850 yards over the last six seasons, excluding 2020, which he was injured for most of and once again had no offensive line or quarterback. Zach Ertz should be in that seven to eight range. I think he's going to be a steal, especially when or if he gets traded. Um, Goddard, on the other hand, I think slips up to the top five and honestly, top, top four potential. Like he could be the fourth best tight end in the league. Obviously there's a big, he's a, he's a bad floor right now, especially with the, the lack of Zach Ertz. But if you're drafting before Zach Ertz gets traded, I think Goddard's worth a steal at, uh, that 70th pick in the draft. All right. I don't want to ruin your tight end thing. So I feel like what I'm about to say might come off harsh, the tight end three in 2020 didn't score more points than the wide receiver 37. And who was who was the tight end three? 
Waller. Hawkinson. No Waller. No Waller was number two. Yeah, it would, no. be, Hawk- it would be Hawkinson. It was Hawkinson. And why was that? Because Kittle was injured. Okay, so 37 wide receivers scored more points than the tight end three. In, in 2020, because there was no elite. Ertz was down. Kittle was down. Okay, Goddard so more down. than so you the gotta, number you four. got to talk about position scarcity four, here. Now we're talking about position scarcity, and I'm talking about we the We are, but I'm just round. saying, like, if you don't get one of the top two or three guys. Yeah, and in the sixth, seventh round, you're drafting about the 30th wide receiver, the 30th running back. I mean, you're not – you're that's where you're at with that value. It's not bad. Not to mention – at this, as you're 60, fair enough, but you know, people picks. are going to reach, you know, people are going to reach. Oh, no, and that's the thing, and that's why I have them up there because those are the ones to reach for. I like Mark Andrews, not skill, uh, not as consistent, I would say. Uh, you guys all know my feelings on Kyle Pitts, that is way too high. Um, some of these other guys down there, uh, Hunter Henry, Noah Fant, I love Fant, I, I, I want him to succeed, I just, I just haven't seen it yet. Hunter Henry. Go into a team with two court, uh, two tight ends. Rob Gronkowski, that's a good steal for a late tight end. I just feel like there's actually a lot of great tight ends out there, and I'm there's telling a lot you, of value. I feel like there's some value. Out. I mean, you got Ferkser, you got Gerald Everett. Um, who else? There's a ton of them out there. I just I feel like there's a lot of tight ends this year. I'm just Cole telling Komet. you who those middle t- middle tier tight ends. You got Irv Smith, Cole Komet, um, Jarwin. I mean, there's a lot of tight ends out there. I'm telling you who I think is going to hit. I think it's going to be Hawkinson. Hawkinson's going to be that tight. He's easily going to be a top five tight end. And I think Goddard has that chance, especially with Ertz gone because the Eagles like their targets for tight ends. And like we said, Devonta Smith's the only other option there. Rager's going to get some targets, but our wide receivers have played porous. Josh, I do want to ask you have Kittle at 21 and Waller at 31. I, so the problem with that is, is, I get the whole reaching for the top tight ends. I have, I also have Kelsey at 13 and Billy has him at eight, which is a little high, but at the same time, he does get drafted. Kelsey does get drafted in the first round. Kittle does get drafted in the second round. So I'm probably a couple picks low on him. Waller. I have probably a little low as well. I, it was really hard for me to place some of these running backs and wide receivers. I also have Montgomery above Waller because that's how much I like Montgomery. Um, I believe it's the top three. I think where we have him is great. We have Kelsey at 13, Kittle at 23, Waller at 20, uh, 25. So, I mean, I have Waller at 24 and I have Kittle at 25. So I have, I have Waller slightly higher. Um, I think they're back to back. I just think Waller possibly brings a little bit more to the table with what we've seen the last couple of years than Kittle. But as a Waller owner, I think he can easily be the number two. I just think Kittle is a freak of nature since we've seen him yeah. he- when he's healthy. That man is Travis Kelsey. I mean, he is the discount Travis Kelsey. Well, if Trey Lance is what they're projecting Trey Lance to be, which is only they consider him a god there, basically. Like, I mean, Kittle's value is going to explode. Yeah, Billy has him at 22, 23, so it's right at the same spot. I, I do have yeah. Waller a little low. Like, I, I'll move Waller up. How about that? Does that make you feel better? No, That's man, I was good. just asking what you saw between the two of those because I think they're pretty close. I do. Fair I enough. agree. I think that's what that was. The, my biggest argument was there's no one to reach for outside those top three. But if you were to grab someone in that 60th pick after you filled out your running backs and wide receivers, I would feel okay with you got three running backs, three wide receivers. You waited on a quarterback. You didn't grab Mahomes or whoever. I wouldn't be mad if you grabbed Hawkinson right there, or even if you wanted to grab Kyle Pitts there, that's fine. He's going to go in the fucking fourth round though. And you already know it. Yeah. 
which not gonna, not gonna lie, my best ball league, I took Kyle Pitts at the four one. Didn't feel bad about it at all. When you could still grab a starting running back or a number one wide receiver, good call. I had, I had two. I had two running backs and a wide receiver, and I took Pitts. That's very fourth. Very smart it, play. It was. It's a good team. All right. Well, let's get on to the second part of this. We're just going to do one name each for this one, and this <clears throat> category is called "The Hell You Thinking." So this one is somebody that you are much lower on than the rest of us. Sometimes not much lower, but lower than the other two, which seems more of a consensus. Um, I'm actually going to start out with Joe on this one because I I have to hear this. Joe, you have Jonathan Taylor at 15. Josh and I have him at four and six. The hell you think? Jonathan Taylor at 13, man. 13? Oh, yeah. I can't remember. The hell you reading, Bill? It's 13. Man, well, my handwriting is terrible. So you have him at 13. Josh and I have him at six and four. Why are you so low on him? I just think that – don't get me wrong. Jonathan Taylor is a stud. They have a phenomenal offensive line there. I just think Marlon Mack comes back. Jonathan Taylor will be the RB1. He will get the majority of the carries. But we saw what Marlon Mack has done in the past. He is no slouch at all, and they're going to have a hard time keeping him off the field on that one. Plus, you saw the receiving prowess of Naheem Hines last year who is definitely going to take some receiving work away from Jonathan Taylor. Plus, they still have Christian Wilkins in there. He is going to spell Jonathan Taylor. I just think they have a big stable of backs here. And I think the the running game worked out so well for them last year because you had Phillip Rivers, who stared at Medusa and turned into a pillar of stone right there. And I think that Wentz, Wentz is going to steal a little bit. He likes to run occasionally. No. Wentz is also horrible. Yeah, a little bit, dude. But Wentz is horrible about hitting people on dump-offs right there, so I think that's going to evaporate a little bit for Jonathan Taylor as well. He's not I the just... pass-catching back. It's going to evaporate for the other two. Well, okay, how are you going to not have a pass-catching back? They are. It's going to be Wilkins and Hines. No, I'm and saying how you have him can... so high then. I mean, Derrick oh. Henry is the only one that's that I see that's on pass-catching and because... backable. I see Marlon Marlon Mack spelling him. He's going to get work, but it's not going to be as much. Wilkins will probably drop off. Hines will still have a role as that pass-catching back. But like you said, Wentz can't hit a pass-catching back. Jonathan Taylor had 1,100 yards, 11 touchdowns his rookie season. His rookie season. There there are others in the backfield that just doesn't doesn't scare me. There are way worse committees to be in. There's no one that scares me about that. Like, it's not Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Like, I, I, Kareem, I, I get the argument for Nick Chubb a little lower than where we have him. I think we all came into agreement where he's at the 10 spot, but I, I could see him going lower. I, I, I have no problem with that because of Kareem Hunt, because honestly, Nick Chubb can have that huge game, but he can also, Kareem Hunt could have that huge game. Jonathan Taylor, I think, is your consistent 15 to 25 and uh, a way bigger ceiling than that. I think his floor is so perfect for a running back. You're, we're grabbing him behind the likes of Zeke, Kamara, Barkley, Cook, McCaffrey, Henry. Obviously, he's not better than that. Aaron Jones I, and Devontae Adams, I'm not sure why they're still in our top 10, especially because we don't know what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. But in general, Devontae Adams could be higher than Jonathan Taylor. I don't see Aaron Jones higher than Jonathan Taylor. I just, you know. Yeah, I'm banking on talent. I mean, there's a lot of tread on those tires because he had a lot of run in college. Yeah. So if the wheels fall off sooner rather than later – that could be an argument for why not to have him so high, but just the way that he finished out last season, I just, I have to leave him up there. I have to, I have to assume that he's going to continue doing that for an entire season. I mean, we'll see, we'll see what, 
We'll see what the Colts have in store for him. I believe they'll hide on him. Fair, hey, fair enough. If that that's your uh, advice, that's your advice. Okay, well, let's get on to number two. I'll take it. Um, the hell am I thinking putting Zeke at eleven while you have him at five, and both of y'all have him at five? My thought process is Tony Pollard is better than Ezekiel Elliott. <laughs> there, I fucking said it. <laughs> Oh, can we go back to the uh, right. topic Josh, of are you, are you high? Too high on? <laughs> I have I have not been smoking any of that. I'll tell you that much. I okay. I just want to let everyone know Zeke had one bad year where he had Andy Dalton as quarterback. Sorry, Joe. Tony Pollard was better the year before too, but sure, go on. He still had nine hundred and seventy nine yards, almost a thousand yard season, and eight total yeah, touchdowns. Yeah, had Tony Pollard had that job, it would have been a thousand receptions. yards. Tony Pollard doesn't run into a wall. He has been consistently getting a, a thousand yard seasons and getting at least like around average of seven touchdowns a year. And I'm telling you how they went to Tony Pollard instead of Ezekiel Elliott. They wouldn't have had, he wouldn't have had those low seasons. Like he wouldn't have had a 900 yard season last year. Tony Pollard would have had thousand yards. Then why do you have Zeke at 11? If Tony, because Pollard's he's still, still starting on a good team. I'm just saying like if had Tony, if, it, if they were like cut Zeke Elliott, traded him away and Tony Pollard was there, I would put Tony Pollard higher than 11 for sure. Do you have Tony Pollard in your top 100? I don't because they're not going to use him. They're not going to use him properly. Like, what do you want me to do? If Zeke's out, he's going to have a 100-yard game, and you're going to be like, wow, what what the hell happened? Okay, so Tony Pollard two years ago, he came in, like the Cowboys got up so much that they just had to put all their backups in. Tony Pollard had a 100-yard game as a backup in the game. Like that is what I'm saying. Did the other teams put their backups in too? Because I mean, that's basically a preseason game. Then, I mean, fair enough. I don't see a lot of that happening. I don't see a lot of backs when they come in having a hundred yard game against backups, even when that happens. So, I mean, you could say that, but it doesn't happen a whole lot. I'm just saying, I I don't think Zeke is better than Tony Pollard, so that's why I'm not going to rank him that high. I'll have him that high because the offense is good, but I'm out on Zeke. If 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 they were like, hey, we're going to trade Zeke tomorrow and get rid of that contract, I'd be like, thank you, Cowboys. Thank you for finally understanding okay, who's the best running back on your own team. Let's say hypothetically Ezekiel Elliott is not on the Cowboys anymore. Where do you rank Tony Pollard? Probably eight. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't when know. Tony I don't even know what to say to you, Bill. When Tony Pollard's been in there by himself, look at the stats. No, I like Tony Pollard. I think he's a good running back. And yeah, if Zeke gets hurt, I, he's going to have a ton of value. I just think Zeke is the better running back. Well, he's not showing it. I mean, well, maybe Pollard he's, might be maybe he's better outside of the game. Maybe he's showing a lot in practice. I don't know. I, I don't see Zeke being good on the field. So, I mean, hopefully he – ever since he got that contract, he's not been great. Wait, I, sorry. I, think, I don't know what, what I'm going to say. I'm I, watching the games. I can see him being bad. Like, what do you want me to do? Yeah, it's it's easy to come in as the second running back and have a different run style than the yeah because it happens back. a lot, right? That happens to a lot of backs. It it does. There are plenty of running really? backs. So whoever came in or Wayne Gallman who came Kareem in for Hunt. that's not that's the same, and you know well, how is a, how is Wayne Gallman the same then? I'm not saying because he's the bad. backup, right? Wayne Gallman was the legit backup to Saquon Barkley. You went to it the worst backup. Let's say Mike Davis. How am I backup to Christian McCaffrey? Had a pretty good season, but it wasn't amazing. It was good. It wasn't great. Pollard was a never, lot of people championships. Pollard never had a um, an amazing season. Well, he hasn't been the starter either. He's only right. gotten a start like 
a couple of games. And when he's in there and starting, he's really I good. Would, I would put him at that Matt Breida Mostert category. I would put him. I would put him in the in right around Chris Carson in the forties if Zeke was not there. I don't put. I would never put him that high in that offense. You think he's going to be that low? Maybe a little higher, but still, yeah, around that around that category. Running back, top running, top twenty, but not okay. Not I, I'm just saying. Anytime I see Tony Pollard in there, I'm like, okay, they have a legit shot to have a good game out of a running back. But when I see Zeke in there, I'm like, okay, he's going to run directly into the line and never have more than like a ten yard rush. Actually, another another per- perfect comparison would be Naheem Hines and Wilkins behind Jonathan Taylor. That's they not, both had not they the both same. had gr- no, they both had great games when Jonathan Taylor was still playing. That's true. So yeah, that would be a Tony Pollard situation. Fair, I guess. But Naheem Hines isn't rushing for a hundred yards every time he gets he in. Was there. he? I watched him. He was it. catching. He was catching. He was the also ball. he was also running for those. I he's definitely done both. He's not only the pass catching back because when they would take. Tony Taylor Pollard's out. better than Naheem Hines. I don't know why. Like, that's not even a good argument. But okay, I'm just saying fine. the argument is that he was coming in for the starting running back. I just you, he's not a top eight running back without Zeke there. Ladies and gentlemen, go trade Zeke right now for Tony Pollard. Well, they're not going to use him, so that would be a bad <laughs> trade. Yeah. If the Cowboys announce tomorrow that Tony Pollard's a starter, go ahead and trade for him. Yeah. Uh, you lost so much credibility for me there, man. I don't know, man. That's watch rough. the games. All you have to do is watch the games, and then you'll you'll see I what like I'm saying. I like watching the Cowboys blow shit up. So personally, keep Zeke in there as long as possible if Billy's that's, right. That's I am right. That's exactly what's happened. Okay. Anyway, let's get on to mine because I don't For think sure. you're ever gonna let it. I don't think you're ever gonna let it go. But I, I don't have anything to let go. That is the that is my point, and that's let's what I'm sticking talk with. Talk about so, Mr. Gaskin. Yeah, this, you, I you have am, him at. Oh, you want you want to get it? No, it's fine. You can go ahead. You have him at sixty-two. Josh or Joe and I have him at fifty-two and fifty-one, which isn't super low. We still end up having him at fifty because of our weird varying numbers here. Um, I personally, I, I have no good reason to to believe this. I just, I just don't believe in him. I also don't think Miami does. I think he had a decent year last year while he was healthy. Um, I think he can get a thousand yards. I just. I feel like this is a new team with a lot of new faces. Um, and I still honestly see them adding another running back throughout the year. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. I think there's still Devonta Freeman, Gurley out there. Gurley's been training with random players. I just, I don't see them saying Gaskin's the dude. He's that guy. They ship out every running back they get, especially as of late years. They haven't had a number one running back in so long. Like, I just feel like, I, and a lot of people are probably discounting Malcolm Brown, who has actually been decent throughout his career without many opportunities. He hasn't been great. I won't say that. I think he's averaging like 4.5 per, per carry, which isn't terrible, uh, especially for the, the bell cow back that he really is built to be. Also has five touchdowns the last two years, while, although last year was a lot of injuries and stuff like that, but him and Henderson the year before 2019, kind of splitting carry, splitting the backfield. I think you're going to see a lot of Malcolm Brown out there that people aren't really thinking about. I think people see Gaskin, they see RB1, but I think you're he's being drafted in the backup running back territory or the split backfield territory, and I think there's a reason for it. I don't think that – I think Kareem Hunt's the best backup, and we have him three, three above. So I just I – think, I, think I think he's listed perfectly in our rankings because I just – I don't believe in him. I just don't have high hopes for the guy. I would hope that Miami can figure it out, but I just don't 
There's nothing about Gaskin that screams, yes, he needs to be in the top top 50 for me. I just think because he's a starting running back, that's probably why I have him so high. I don't know if Joe has him for the same reason, but like if you're going to get a starting running back at the end of like the starting running backs, I think that would be, that would be the reason to have him. But that that's the only reason I have him that high because he's not splitting carries with anybody that we know of. I think he'll be splitting. Eventually, but he might, I don't think I, nothing about Miles Gaskin excites me in the least bit. He's pretty much there because he is starting. Um, I would not be surprised if he ends up losing the job. Poor man's Jonathan Taylor. How about that? No, don't even say those names together. Well, but it's the same concept. He's going to be starting, but also there's going to be a couple other backs maybe coming. Rich in man's Tony more. Pollard. Rich man's Tony Pollard. Ah. <laughs> Can you imagine if Tony Pollard was on that team? That's all I'm saying. Well, fuck, would, they, need to, they need to pick up the phone. Call Jerry Jones. I agree 100%. I just, I just don't see it. I, I, I haven't haven't seen – I mean, their, their offensive line isn't bad by, by any means. Uh, it's not great. Uh, Tua's new. I think they'll try to lean on him as much as possible. I think he's a poor man Joe Mixon is what I think. He's that – he could do good. But he probably won't. And if you do play him, it's it's going to be this bad game. And then when you put him on their bench, it's going to be his good game. It's going to be one of those. I just I don't feel comfortable starting Miles Gaston. And that's where you're drafting him. You're drafting him as your flex player right there, basically. Or maybe if you grab reach for a quarterback or a tight end, I wouldn't say reach, but grabbed one of the best quarterbacks or tight ends. You're actually he's your RB two. I just I'd rather have James Robinson, Etienne, one of those two, and I'd rather take roll the dice on one of them two at this point than Gaskin. Yeah, I mean, in your defense, he never had a 100-yard rushing game last season. Um, he really got most of his points, for what I would say, from the receiving game because, like, there was a game where he had, like, five receptions for, like, and had, like, two touchdowns, I think, in that game. It was, like, 82 yards or something. And uh, I think maybe, like, that would be the only reason I would think he could do it. But, yeah, at the same time, probably not going to get the job done. I would right. rather take Mike Davis right there than Miles Gaskin. We can tell with your <laughs> rankings. <laughs> What's up, robot man? I said, I said we can tell with your rankings. Yeah. Uh, I, I like Mike Davis too. I, I, I'm also. I also think that's another team that could add a, a running back. That's why I have Mike Davis significantly lower than that as well. Uh, me and Billy both have him at 70 and 68 respectively. And then you have him at 46. I like him. I, I want him to be there. And I know why you like him. And I know why, I know he, why he should be there. I just, I I'm feel not like arguing against your ranks right now. I'm just saying I'd rather have his, him than Gaskin. I would definitely think about it. Yeah. I do have him ranked lower than Gaskin though, but yeah. All right. I've got a fireball shot pitch. Aaron Jones finishes higher than Zeke Elliott. I'll take it. Okay. Because you have Aaron Jones at 11. I have Zeke at 11. So theoretically, I think we view them about the same. So we'll view those two players about the same. No, the thing that the thing that worries me about Aaron Jones, and not, I won't go into a rant on this. We'll probably talk about this when we get to the NFC. But I don't know what's happening with Rodgers. And Jamal Williams had a very significant role, and they drafted A.J. Dillon to basically fill that void. So I think AJ Dillon's going to have a good year, which I have him in my top 100 because I think he's one of the best handcuffs slash 
Careful, uh, those RB2s, man. You wouldn't want to think one of them could be good. I, I'm not saying he's better than Aaron Jones, though. That's the, that's, the that's a good point. We haven't seen that yet. All right. Well, let's just I think quickly. Aaron Jones does better than Jonathan Taylor. Okay, fireball bet for Billy. Aaron, okay. Yeah, I'll I'll do. Oh, if you're do, are you doing it too, or just me? No. Okay. Yeah, I'll do that. Okay. So if Rogers okay. leaves, I'm I'm moving Nick Chubb into that spot. So write that down. <laughs> okay. Um. Let's just get to a, a few omissions real quick. Just we'll see if it was a mistake versus do you think that it actually meant something. So for me, it's Devontae Smith, total mistake. And Michael Carter, not a mistake. I don't trust any Jets running back, and that's just the way it is right now. It could change. I need to see it first, and then I'll believe it. That's the only reason I didn't rank him. I oh, Tevin get, Coleman's flying up my boards. I get the Michael Carter, uh, the, the 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 setback there, but it looks like he's going to be the dude, and I think him and Zach Wilson coming at the same time, I think he's going to rely on him and him being the pass-catching back on North Carolina. Tevin Coleman's going to be that dude. He's okay. a late round steal, is what I'm saying. I think he's a late round steal. I don't. I think you're getting him with, with just shots in the dark at that point. Fair enough. Yeah. All right, Joe, you did not rank James Conner or Jalen Hurts. James Conner's trash. I don't need to talk about James Conner at all. He's trash. Um, okay. Jalen Hurts. Uh, mainly, I don't know. I the way I do my rankings is I basically do a draft with myself over who I would take. You hate quarterbacks. For that I hate sure. quarterbacks, dude. I'm not taking a quarterback <laughs> before the 10th round. There's only a hundred picks. You put Pat so. Mahomes at 41. <laughs> I would take him at 41. Did you take him at 41? I don't it's know. It's hilarious because me and Josh, I'm in the 20s and you have him at 41. But, Someone's okay. going to take Patrick Mahomes at pick 12 or pick nine or pick 17 or uh, so. Second, so I'm second never gonna, round, but you're right. I'm never going to have him on my team. So. Okay. That's how I do my ranks. All right. No, no, no. I got an argument for Jalen Hurts, and I'll keep it short. I like he Jalen Hurts a lot. Let he me with no O-line, no receivers. Oh God, and this has nothing go. to do with you. I know you didn't put any quarterbacks on there, really. I mean, past, I think, Aaron Rodgers. Um, new weapons. He's my QB sleeper. Probably not in the top 10 or right at the end of it. I just – I think he's going to have – he had a similar senior year to Kyler Murray. I'm not saying that he's Kyler Murray. He's he relied not. on his legs a little bit more out of college than uh, Kyler – and honestly, Jalen Hurts in his four games did not look bad with a makeshift team. I think he would have made the the Jets look good at that point. I don't think he's even a sleeper right now. A lot of people have him in like their top six for quarterbacks. Like yeah. I was be in my top not even six. necessarily a sleeper right now. I was seeing that I was seeing him in like the eighth, ninth pick, uh, eighth, yeah. ninth quarterback well, off the board. And I think that's that's a great time to grab him for sure. All right, Josh, explain yourself. Russell Gage and Curtis Samuel were they mistakes, or did you mean to not rank them? You fucked up on Curtis Samuel. I, I fucked Russell up. On, no, honestly, I fucked up on both of them. It was like I said, it was tough for me to do a top one hundred. Joe, I, you don't have Russell Gage either, which I assume is just I, a mistake I or not. Oh, no, okay. I, okay. So my, my problem with Russell Gage is is and it's not even I have him in a league. I want him. I want him to be the guy there. He just hasn't had a full year to do it yet. This is his prove it year for him. Okay. Um, and he's they also got Zacchaeus there. Um, and then Curtis Samuel. I'm a little nervous about Washington, but I should absolutely have him in my top 100. I Curtis I Samuel like Washington kill it this year. Okay, Fitzpatrick <laughs> hasn't. I I saw a stat not too long ago. Fitzpatrick hadn't played a full year um, without getting injured in like seven years or something like that. And this had nothing to do with being benched. Like obviously some of the times he just got benched for two last year for no reason. Um, he, 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 he's old. I mean, I love Fitzpatrick. I want to, I'm interested in his, that team, 
but I just, I don't, I don't know. I just, I'm not sold in it. He should absolutely be in my top 100 and he will be when we redo our rankings, but you I guys just both fucked up on Curtis Samuel. I know. Honestly, I need to go back. We'll, he's, we'll shape it back up and it'll be fine. He's we're, definitely over James Conner. Once know. we, we're going to have to do like a top like 200 and then really even out from there. And we can kind of talk about it. it. It was tough. I I think he'll do great. I think he'll be in that 80, 90 range, uh, maybe a little higher even. Because uh, there's still good wide receivers coming off the board right around there. But Jarvis Landry, Will Fuller, Debo Samuel, Devontae Parker, he should be in that category right there. I have him at 84. Yeah, okay. that's right about where I was talking. Well, we're going to take a commercial break. I know it's an hour and seven minutes in possums thank you for sticking with us but we're gonna we're gonna take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back with some five points and a little dynasty talk what's up idp army it's your man jordan reigns interrupting the show quickly to tell you guys about a new sponsor of the show monkey knife bite if you haven't checked out monkey knife bite yet you're definitely going to do that let me tell you what they have to offer all right monkey knife bite is daily fantasy sports gaming website for casual sports fans that is simple and easy to use and easy to play the users determine which superstars competing for the day's professional sporting events will record more or less than a contest provided. Monkey Knife Fight's daily fantasy prop games play similar to salary cap-based DFS games, but without all the algorithms, the lineups, and most importantly, the sharks. You guys got to go try this at IDP Army, okay? Monkey Knife Fight is like our brand, like the IDP Army brand. It's disruptive, it's forward-thinking, and they are definitely where we play daily fantasy sports you guys should too get started today with a 100 instant match bonus up to 50 dollars if you use the promo code idp army that's only for the first time or new depositors only but hopefully you guys are getting in there winning some money having a good time and make sure whenever you guys get in there and if you do win a little bit of money you know which is what we want you to do take those winnings go sign up with the patreon patreon Com. That'll get you into the IDP Army Patreon, where you can check out the Ultimate IDP Index, the Discord channel, and all that other good stuff. So, IDP Army, you know what to do. Back to the show. Back to the show. All right, I check out Monkey Night Fight this weekend. Check out Monkey Knife Fight wherever you get your gambling apps. You have to be in a state that has legalized sports gambling in order to use the app. But if you are in one of those states, have at it. Use that so code. When Jordan and I were golfing on Sunday, we were uh, we were talking all about Monkey Knife Fight and how jealous we are of any other state but Missouri. Um, so you guys should definitely go play it. Um, it's fun. And go play golf with Jordan, 100%. man. He, he's a good he's a good golf pal. We should all go play yeah, one day. Yeah, just hit him up. He'll go play yeah. golf with you. No, we can meet all, right. all meet in St. Jen, go play some golf. Yeah, it'll be great. Or we can meet yeah. in the UK for our UK listeners. Hey, that we'll fly out there. That would be dope. You ready to get five on it? I I, I got five on it. Yeah. I got five on it. All right, gentlemen, this week we got five on it. So let's just start out with number one. Chargers offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi says that wide receiver Mike Williams will play in the X receiver slot this year, similar to Michael Thomas in New Orleans. Quoted as saying, I'd bet on some nice numbers coming from him in the stat sheet. What do we think about that? Trash. Trash. 
Garbage. Garbage. So do we not? You don't believe him at all? You don't think that no. he's going to manufacture touches for him? Just coach speak? No. No. Josh Palmer is going to get make some noise. He's more well, like he, Michael Thomas to me. Here's what I'm nervous about is they – I was thinking Josh Palmer was going to be in the Michael Thomas role, but if he's telling us that Mike Mike Williams is going to be in that role, that makes me a little nervous. Dude, um, he's a brand new. He, I mean, he's got to get like the the vet. Just give him spot, some, right? Yeah, just pump him give, up a little. Give bit. him some headlines. Some Mike people Williams has had freaking years to figure this out, and he, I mean, he looks like roadkill out there running around. He doesn't do anything for me. If okay. you're getting if you're getting Mike Williams, you're getting him in the tenth plus round at this point, maybe maybe ninth. I don't know if this news might pay off if he's up. right. That, tenth I, round, I, that would be a steal if he ends up being a Michael Thomas type. Back of year. back when Mike Williams was in that sixth seventh round and everyone was buying him, absolutely not. I'll take him here because it's a dart throw and you yeah. could always just drop him again. But I don't believe it. I don't believe Mike. I, I'm not saying Mike Williams is bad. He doesn't really drop balls. He just doesn't catch balls. Okay. Michael Thomas is infinitely more talented than oh, Mike Williams. Absolutely. That's where, that's where this doesn't work. He can the, run the same routes, but he's not going to give you the same production. Comparison problem. Usually it's rookies yeah. compared to vets. It's just right. a vet compared to a vet. Yeah. It's kind of hilarious. But okay. Well, you know, keep it I in. just we had to bring it up because it's one of those things we just need to, you know, put a little pin in that. Keep it in the back of your mind, but don't don't get too excited. Don't draft yeah, don't him. Don't do it at all. Don't yeah. draft him higher than you normally would have. I think is what we're don't all draft saying. them. Well, okay, fair enough. You can do that too. Draft Gallup um, before him. Oh no, sorry, not Gallup. Pollard. Grab Pollard. Go get Pollard now. Well, get Gallup and Pop. You get Gallup and Pollard. I promise, if the Cowboys' offensive coordinator came out and said, "Hey, we're going to use Tom or Tony Pollard and Zeke get a fifty-fifty split," dude, is he your, is he your Kyle Pitts? Damn it. Oh, I know. I guess that'd be uh, maybe we've maybe we've found my Kyle Pitts. I ride for Tony Pollard. Sure do. I think I'm going to take Andy Isabella over Mike Williams. So that would be really yeah interesting okay well on to number two in the last 72 hours zach Ertz's market is heated back up with jaguars and colts emerging as favorites um which do the which of these afc south teams should actually trade for him josh either either of those teams would be great but rip uh tim tebow if uh press f for tim tebow if he gets traded to the jaguars because there ain't no way a dude's got a role anymore um i i like i said i think zach Ertz had literally one bad season since his rookie year. Everybody just kind of forgets about that. He was a top three tight end and, and better over his entire career. Basically Uh, he's, he's going to be there. He's going to get that 800 yards. It might turn more into a, 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 here's a good season. Here's an okay season. You know, now that he's hitting 30, he's going to be great. I think, Honestly, I still got the Chargers in on it because they got pretty much no one there. They got a bunch of rookies and young guys, and I think they're wider. Like we were talking about, they don't really have anyone besides Keenan Allen. I think Zach Ertz, I don't know why they got rid of Hunter Henry, but I think Zach Ertz would fit that mold. Obviously, they didn't want to pay Henry, but I think that's a good chance. But out of these two teams, Colts because of Carson Wentz. I just don't. Why would the Eagles trade with the Colts? They already have their first round pick. You want them to like remove the the specifications of how they don't get the pick? Like, that'd be a cool. That'd be a cool clause to trade Zach Ertz. <laughs> just hey, we automatically get your first round pick. We're, tra- we're trading you for the restrictions to be lifted from our first round pick. Yeah, I don't even know if that's legal, but how cool would that either. be? <laughs> Uh, no, I mean we're you're getting a you're getting a fourth round, third round pick for him now. That I don't think they were talking about trying to get a second for him, which I'm shocked that, that nobody will pay a value of second round pick for Zach Ertz. 
which yeah. is just wild to me. Most people throw away their second round picks. Looking at you, Raiders. The Jags um, should absolutely trade a second round or third round pick for Ertz. That would help out immensely. Ah, I don't know. I think I think the Bills should because they're going to finish really low anyway. I mean, so the, the second Bills, round pick is going to be in the, the Chargers. 60s. Yeah. There's yeah, a but, ton of teams that need tight ends. I just think the Jaguars have not a damn thing, and he would be perfect for uh, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, at least the Colts still have uh, your boy. Um, why, why, why am I blanking on him? Mo Ali Cox. Mo Ali Cox. I mean, he's okay. Obviously, he hasn't been. Anything. They got that Grayson kid, man. He's gonna be a. They got, yeah, they got some young guys. I think. I think that's probably one of the the least popular ones. But I think the only reason that there would be the tie was because of that. I think you're right, though. The Bills would make a really good move, but Jacksonville also would because Trevor Lawrence having someone solid like that to catch balls and then be able to stretch the field with the other young guys. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be okay. good, good to bring a veteran presence in there. Okay. On to number three, Derek Carr said that he would retire from football if he was traded, has now changed his tune and says he would welcome a reunion with Devontae Adams, who he played with in college. Is Las Vegas priming Derek Carr for a trade up north to Green Bay? God, how weird with that. There's no receipt. He would go from a worse a worse ran or a bad a bad ran team to a worse ran team. Like 100%. How would why would he want to do that? Aaron Rodgers, this is. I and then not to mention all Green Bay fans having Derek Carr as starting. They would not riot. that Derek Carr is bad, but they it. also deserve it. Yeah, they, they do, do deserve it. it. <laughs> I I just like I think you're you're going from a bad organization to a wild organization. And which one would you rather have? A bad consistently bad run or a wild you never know what the hell they're gonna do. He does want to be on the West Coast, and it's not like he's winning Super Bowls anyway. So, I just think Derek Carr knows that Vegas is done with him, so he's trying to throw things out there just so he can at least go somewhere that has a good receiver. I mean, that's true. Well, and I, apparently, he and Devontae Adams might be friends still. I don't even know. Like, I know they played together in college, so that doesn't necessarily make so them friends. Let's say that because Devontae Adams has already said that he supports Rodgers and wants to be with Rodgers, right? Right. Let's say that Green Bay trades Rodgers to Denver and Las Vegas. Well, no, I'm saying Denver. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha. And I'm saying, saying okay. that Devontae Adams leaves because he's all pissed off, demands a trade, and Vegas gets to Devontae Adams, which they desperately need. Last year Devontae Adams contract, so he's oh, not even gonna have to oh, demand dude. that trade. Let's be uh yeah. Some, something to we'll monitor some throughout news. the season, by we'll the way. Some news. That would be pretty fucking cool. That's a conspiracy corner. We should have done it. Should have, eh, not a thousand percent on it yet, but we'll we'll see. But okay, I I don't think this trade should happen. I I hope not, but we'll see. On to number four, we're gonna go back to the camp holdout news. We talked about it a few weeks ago. I'm bringing it back because Xavier Howard is in an interesting spot. He has four years left on his deal total, and he wants to restructure his deal so that he's paid five million more dollars a year per season so he's making 15 mil a year he wants to be paid 20 mil a year because that's what the current rate for his position is the dolphins other hand don't want to make don't want to set the precedent that if they restructure the contract with somebody has four years left that they're going to be able to do that for or want to do that for everybody so what what do we think is going to happen here is he going to end up getting traded out of all of this which would be insane i i think he either 
yeah, he. I think he's gone. I don't think you can keep him after that. I, if he's what really were the Dolphins being, thinking if they allow that to happen? Like uh, they, they can't, they can't research. I think Xavier Howard is being a stupid shit right now. You're making fifteen million dollars a year. Take it in two years. Talk about it if you're still performing at the high level. I get you want to get paid while you're out there, but if you're thinking about this, that is what uh, sixty mil right there from those four years. You don't mm-hmm. have to play another NFL down. You made sixty mil in four years. Go home, take your money, retire. If you don't, if you're, if you suck, you know what I mean? You got, I don't know how much of that's guaranteed, but I imagine a lot of it is. So you're, you're automatically making 30, 40 mil. Like just play football, man. Just, they should just come up with some incentives. He's only guaranteed 27. It's pretty crazy. Okay. I think he's just mad that Byron Jones is making more money than him. You're making that, that's 30 million. Uh, it's a hundred percent. He's mad that Byron Jones is making more money than him. I mean, that's, he's making 1.5 mil more than him a year. Uh, yeah, but to somebody <laughs> who's guaranteed got an ego, 20 million more, like yeah. that means a lot. So give him, what? Do, just give him a signing bonus and restructure his deal. I, that's what. Like. That's what I think they're going to end up doing because that yeah. defense cannot afford for him to walk. No, not at all. All right, the Eagles. We're going okay, to number Friday's. five because this should be quick. Why the fuck have the Saints not named a quarterback starter yet? Because uh, they simple. both suck. It's simple. They don't know. They both suck. What What do you mean they don't know? Like, they honestly are going to Winston let... has to be way better than Taysom Hill. I don't the ball. think that Sean Payton knows that. I really I, don't think Sean Payton I'm sorry. Knows that. I have to call in his his. Okay, to be fair, the last time we saw Jamie's Winston start a whole year, he threw the most interceptions in league history. He also threw 30 touchdowns and like 4,000 yeah. yards. Like, uh, it's called throw the ball up there, and you'll either get one of two things. Well, if, they can cl- if he can clean that up, if he's supposedly this quarterback whisperer that Sean Payton claims to be. Well, there's a reason they matter. signed him. There's a reason they signed both of them. I think they see the value in both, and I think even if Jamie starts, I think we'll see what happened with Taysom where he kind of came in for breeze here and there. And I think we'll see that a lot more if Jamie's plays. So it's almost like they don't know and they might just use both of them. I think they're going to use both, but I mean, Jamie's has to be the starter. I mean, Sean Payton can get out of him what he needs. He's got a cannon for an arm. So, I mean, I hate they're the just, Saints, man, just be normal. This is why y'all end up losing like in these random weird scenarios. Cause you want to be, try to be smarter than everyone I think else. Drew Brees is going to come out of retirement. <laughs> what he's gonna start pulling the fire over and over again and <laughs> that would be insane that would that's why they haven't named him yet insane. they're trying to talk breeze back in honestly if i saw the two of them i'd be like hey breeze one more <laughs> run it back <laughs> come on let's go fair enough okay well that's it for the five points um all right so i just quickly want to touch on this i just want to let anybody out there who's a dynasty owner that is down on their luck they have a bad team. This isn't their year. Say you have Darren Waller, but you don't have any running backs. Or say you have a, two good wide receivers and no running back. Or maybe you have a running back and you don't have any wide receivers or tight ends. I just want to give you all some love. And I think we're all just going to go around and give you a couple of names that you should target this offseason so that you can prepare for the future. Because maybe this won't be your year. And every fantasy analyst is out there is going to tell you that, well, you could craft or do this or trade this person for like five picks, like two fifth rounders and two second rounders. Don't do any of that shit. Just like, let us give you a couple names. You just go to these owners, pitch to them, say, Hey, what kind of price are we looking at? What can we do here? And maybe try to make your team better for the future. So 
guys, let's just give out a couple of names. You can make a little explanation for why it doesn't have to be long, but let's just give out a couple of names. Joe, if you want to go first. Yeah. Uh, my number one that I would try to go after is CD lamb. He's going to be expensive. Uh, my team, my main dynasty league, I have a really good team in, but I'm always trying to get younger at the positions. I mean, I had to trade Hopkins to get CD lamb, but you're, you're buying low currently because I think this is the window is closing fast to be able to get a guy like CD Lamb. I do think he's going to be one of the best wide receivers to have in the future. Uh, and you're you bought yourself some extra time to buy him with Dak getting injured last year and having Andy fucking Dalton come in and throw him the ball. So I think you're getting him um, at a at a really good well not really good value, but you're still getting him at a value. Um, but just to touch on some other names, Michael Pittman's a good buy low right now. I don't think we've seen a true breakout yet from him. Um, Zach Moss probably going to take over that job. Same with Javante Williams and, uh, my boy Darnell Mooney from Chicago Buy him because as soon as fields gets in there with that accurate ass deep ball, Darnell Mooney is already Jalen Ramsey's father. So I think it, it's just going to get better after that. So you started off with some people that were uh, you actually have to pay for, and then you kind of went into. Can you can you run down like not what you'd have to pay for, but like pay levels? Because obviously you're paying for CD right now, but like Mooney, you're, you're paying for CD. Mooney, you're. I mean, it depends who if they're paying any attention at all. I don't think you're going to get Mooney super cheap, but you should be able to get him discounted. I think yeah. now is the time to strike. Right now, yeah. I mean, on all on all it's the guys that Matthew, I named, Matthew I think. Barry starts talking about him. Yeah. Like that's really you got to beat you got to beat Barry. Like you got to beat Barry, man. Everyone mm-hmm. reads Barry because once I Barry mean, says something about one person, he's like, oh yeah, well Matthew Barry said I should keep him. Oh, wait until he says the name Kyle Pitts. <laughs> Just wait. Oh, yeah. uh, dude, I actually. I haven't seen anything with him lately, and I don't. I'm not looking forward to it. I mean, sell name value right now. I mean, I mean, shit. You could probably get Melvin Gordon if people aren't paying attention, and the majority of, well, maybe not dynasty, but a lot of people pay for names. You could probably get Javante or Pittman for Melvin Gordon on that one, and you'd be you'd be setting yourself up for younger. You're not going to get rookies right now. I I steered away from rookies because of that because people. Well, well, yeah, rookies not, but like Michael Pittman had a. I mean, Pittman, he's, he's Pittman's good, a great but, steal. That was a great, yeah, yeah, that's Pittman. a buy low right now too. You're, uh, All right, Josh, well, you give us a couple then. All right. Well, so my guy, my number one right now, especially if your team's not looking so hot and you're not winning this year, Juju Smith Schuster. Uh, we talked about it before we got on here. Guess his age real quick. In the twenties, 24, uh, 31. Well, he is 24, but I'm yeah. <laughs> anyway, we were talking about him. We thought he was 26, 27. Like we don't, I, he's been in the the league for three, four years now. It just doesn't seem like he's only 24 years old. People think he's older. I mean, obviously you look at sleeper, you can see the ages or you see whatever, but Juju Smith Schuster coming in on a one year, four mil deal, prove it year. I, I think he, he's going to have a good year and he's going to go get signed somewhere. Basically. I, I'm not saying you're buying him for this year. You're buying him for next year. And then in the years after, because you'll get five years out of them after this. So if you're in the rebuilding phase, Juju's your guy right now. You'll still have to pay because namesake, just that one year that he had with Antonio there. Um, and then obviously it's a little slow, but I think I'm a Juju owner and I have thought about selling him. I'm, I'm okay to sell him as well right now. Um, but I think he's going to go into a, hopefully a good situation. You're getting someone who is is a pretty great wide receiver all around. See, and then I like that though, not to interrupt you, but back to the economics thing I was talking about earlier, Juju pretty cheap for what he could actually be. So the potentials there, plus if 
I mean, Roethlisberger, we don't know how good he's going to be this year at all. He kind of looked like he was on his last leg before. But if you could buy him in the middle of the season, if they just completely go to shit, which I'm kind of projecting them to, you could get massive value for when he gets traded to a good team. Yeah. Well, he'll sign next year on whatever team he wants almost, yeah. too. Like, he's, he's oh, yeah, got he it set up to work. Right? Well, he's, his his contract was up last year, and then he came back on this one-year prove-it deal, basically. just I think he wants to show that he can do something. And obviously, Claypool's there, Deontay Johnson's there. Mm-hmm. I think Juju wants to show he can do something, and he wants to get the best contract possible, and that's why he did this. So I just think he's, he's going he go somewhere. to the Chiefs? It just kills me. That would have been great. God, God it kills me. Yeah. Anyway, uh, other people, uh, I wouldn't say buy low, but uh, you got Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins with Jamar Chase getting there. I think both of those are some buys right now because T. Higgins is the truth, as our boy Joe has been saying. Tyler Boyd, I think people forget how good he is. He's a little older, but I think you're going to get some good years out of him in the future, and he probably it'll probably be T. Higgins and Jamar Chase in the future. So Tyler Boyd will also be finding a new team eventually. Uh, a couple uh, sleepers, in my opinion. Quintez Cephas and Chase Edmonds. Uh, Quintez Cephas, somebody's got to catch balls in the, on Detroit, right? I He was a rookie last year. He didn't get used much. Um, had, a, I think, probably like three starts or something like that. Um, I, I, I like him just as a – just buy him cheap. Joe's got him. I've almost bought him a couple times from him as kind of like the kicker on a deal. Um, and then Chase Edmonds, uh, as we said, uh, James Conner is – what, what, Trash. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I think they haven't believed in Chase Edmonds, which is just shocking to me because uh, he he's just looks so fucking great over his, over his uh, the last year and the year before he's the pass catching guy. Connor can't really catch Connor had one good year. And honestly, the lack of faith in Chase Edmonds for the Cardinals is slipping him down boards. So I think that's a good guy to steal right now. He's that kind of young James white type player. Okay. All right. All right. I just got a couple of names. Uh, my main Bigger name buy would be Clyde Edwards Alaire right now. It's going to be a little expensive, and I understand that. But the team that he's on right now is the fucking Chiefs. Pat Mahomes is going to be there for the next nine years. If Clyde Edwards Alaire can like hit his stride for what he could be in the next couple, that's going to set you up for success. And whoever bought him last year might might be a little down on him. Maybe you can talk him down a little bit off the price. But I would definitely pay for him now rather than wait till next year when I think his price will be much higher. Um, a couple other names that are probably a little bit cheaper right now. Uh, LaVisca Chenault. You need to grab him before it's too late because this year he is going to be a PPR monster. If you are in a PPR league, LaVisca Chenault is your guy. He's going to catch all of those underneath balls. He's going to even probably rush a couple of times, and that's going to keep his value up, which kind of brings me to my second person, which is Debo Samuel. He, before Brandon Ayuk got there, was really, really good. And he also got hurt, I'm pretty sure. Last he was year. injured for most of the year last year, also. Yeah, but like the year before that, he was what Ayuk was last year. So if you can get Debo Samuel for pretty cheap, maybe they're afraid because Brandon Ayuk's there, he's coming off an injury. Maybe you could probably talk somebody into giving you to him for some something cheap because the name's not popping off the page. But believe me, when Trey Lance takes over, whenever that is, I believe I'm a huge Trey Lance believer, so I think when he gets there, all of floors it's going to rise, rising tides raise all boats kind of situation, and all of those pass catchers are going to get a little bit of a value bump. And then my last name is Adam Troutman from the Saints, yes. uh, tight end. I don't know this for sure, 
or for sure that he's going to be good. I don't know that yet because we didn't see him a whole lot last year with Jared Cook there. But Jameis Winston loves him some tight ends. So if he is the starter, if Jameis Winston is named the starter, Adam Troutman could very well be the beneficiary of him passing to tight ends. I mean, he made Cameron Brait a star, and he's an afterthought now, which obviously is because of Gronkowski, but still – Cameron Bray was really he was usable when he was there. So I think uh, if you had Adam Troutman, maybe. I, I think you're undervaluing Cameron Bray. Cameron Bray was not bad. He wasn't great. I will well, he say just that wasn't he used. made him looked great. He's just not used. And he's still right. pretty young. Bray would be a good trade candidate for one of these teams that doesn't well, have a tight not end. Right, right now. I mean, if he was to go to a different team, I'd say, yeah. That's but... what I'm saying. I think a trade candidate for a team, like all these teams we were talking about. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, sorry. Not like a dynasty team, yeah. like an actual. Oh, no, yeah. Actual. Okay. You know, yeah. The, the sport we fake, we fake play. Um, <laughs> okay. No, I, I, I agree with most of those. Um, the only, I, I, Troutman, I think, is a super buy low right now. You can get him for super dirt. buy low. You throw a fourth, fourth rounder at him, probably. Maybe Please, little, I, have to Jameis little... Winston loves tight ends. Like that's the only reason I'm like, man, if he hits, he I did guess. come out with two of like the best. He had OJ Howard and uh Brate there. It was nice for him. He and that, that but that, he also had Mike Evans. So I mean, it's not like he didn't right. have wide receivers. But the sure. one person I disagree with on is Clyde Edwards Alaire. I thought it was he was overhyped last year, and I think he's going to be overhyped this again this year. I think it is a next year they are looking at grabbing another running back in the draft or in free agency. I, I'm mm. not saying don't buy Edwards Alaire. I just still think the price tag's too high. He went in like the top 10 last year, which we don't even have Najee Harris in the top Chiefs 20. took him in the first round. They're going to ride out his entire contract. No, I'm, not say, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I think they're going to add depth as well. I don't think they're... I don't okay, think they're somebody's going to come in and take you touches know, is what you're saying. Yeah, I think this year... He'll be serviceable. I just don't think for a team who's uh, in win win later mode. I don't. I, I think that's a it's a risky play to buy what he's, he's young. He's like what twenty three. He is young, and he might have a good career other where other elsewhere. But we see it. We see it often, and especially. I, I mean, he was a rookie. We got to give him a break. But he had every opportunity to be at least decent, and he was with a bad O line. Now he's got a good O line. I don't know. I just think I'm that he's going to be better in the future. I hope so. I hope so for the Chiefs' sake. Do you guys know okay. Bill Cosby was released from prison today? He I did, did I get that. released from prison for some what weird reason. I, I don't even understand how he got released. It was so ridiculous. Well, so the judge overturned his conviction. That's what happened. And how the fuck do you do that? Uh, they uh, filed an appeal. The oligarchy and was unhappy that he, he won, won the prison. appeal. Uh, I just, I don't I know. Just There's don't... probably some Illuminati stuff in there where like they Being rich in America. Whoa. Like <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to closing points. Real quick, Brett um, there. <laughs> who uh, who wants to go first with closing I'll start. points? Yeah, go ahead, Joe. Put Bill Cosby back in jail. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, that's actually, that's a good point. I, I think oh, that, I got it, man. <laughs> okay. Josh, uh, can you top that? Don't listen to Billy on the Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard thing. He just, does, he knows not what he speaks. Okay, I he's would doing that for attention. I would agree. Yeah, he's trying, trying to find his Kyle Pitts. You know what I mean? And he's just—you can't make a Kyle Pitts happen. You know, if Ezekiel Elliott is the person I have to hate on to get famous, then that's fine. I I'm love, fine I love Ezekiel Elliott botching the Cowboys' chances, but at the same time, he's still a great running back. Hmm. We'll see. This will be a good year to find that out. All right, my two closing points are. Whoa, just, whoa we get two. 
We always get two. You can I have ten. I want to use my second one. Okay, well, let me use my two first, and then All we'll right, I got a snake. Cosby back it's like a, sn- it's like a snake draft. We'll do. It. Yeah. What the fuck, man? All right, all right, I'm done. All right, my first point is that if you're into soccer or football, whatever one you want to call it, the Euro is going on right now. The final for the whole tournament is the in the sandwich? quarterfinals, and it's on Friday. Belgium plays Italy. Those are the two best teams left. Whichever one wins that game is going to win the tournament. So you don't have to really watch anymore after that because that's the championship. So just want to get that out there for all the soccer fans over there. Feel free to argue with me on Twitter about it because you're wrong. My second closing point, and this will be a little controversial, so I need to just give myself a little space here. The wave at sporting events sucks. And it's only because the people that start the wave act so fucking obnoxious about it. Because if you don't, if you don't continue it on, or like maybe a couple people in your uh, section missed it, they're like looking at you like you fucking shot them. Like it's ridiculous. I I just think they need to calm down a little bit. And then, oh, and don't even get me started. If it goes around three times and everybody kind of like tapers off stuff, then they start looking at you like you're fucking, you know, shot them again. It's ridiculous. I I don't know. I went to a. It's yes. for the kids, man. It's, it's not for the kids. Okay, well, the grown-ass adults that were starting it in the section next to me. I went to a baseball game last night. The grown-ass adults that were giving us death stares in our seats because we wouldn't start it or we wouldn't keep it going. Not purposefully. It was just we're not as coordinated as apparently this entire section was. Okay. Let me butt in here. Sure. Go ahead. As, as a grown adult that always tries to start the wave. That's you? Like You're that at the you game? are the worst. People like you, I'm, you get it. You have and then you got some jackass just like, no, I don't want to do it. No, no, no. I participate yeah. for two full rotations, okay, and then well, I'm then sitting fine. back down and watching the game. But That's you know fine. what? It's the people that are like, we needed to go around ten times. Those are the fucking nightmares that I'm talking to right now. Or okay. the people that will like, you know, you, they're trying to get it going, and they're like, we can you like fake doing it to like let you know that it's about to happen sit down and watch the game i just it's yeah. so ridiculous that we have to coordinate some shit like the wave during a fucking sporting sure. event they're trying to watch a baseball game and this asshole's trying to like get my attention to get the wave going i'm not about, i'm not about that i'm not about that sorry that's right. you know. speaking speaking of the euro uh did you hear about that guy that hit that insane parlay you put I, like 15 bucks down on the two what was it croatia and something else in soccer to win and then he picked steve stricker to win the seniors in golf Nelly Corda to win the women's, um, Victor Hovland to win overseas, and then uh, Jesus, they picked Terrace English to win this tournament on that one. So they turned fifteen dollars into I think it was like one point three six million. That's or one of those like million. time like is that guy a time traveler kind of shit? Because that's yeah, seriously. But the crazy thing was the Harris English was the last one of all of those to go through was the PGA tournament, mm-hmm. and that tournament went into an eight hole playoff which i think is the longest playoff ever in the pga tour eight holes can you imagine that guy sitting there losing his fucking oh he had 100 percent. he probably oh put 100, he probably put 100k on whoever the other person was oh my so god he dude. could uh, win a little bit of money anyway I can't even imagine sitting through eight, fuck hole, eight new wave starters like out there that are obnoxious fuck them it's for the kids man all right anyway Joel, i get it's get for the kids i wish people would treat it like it's for the kids Joe, I wish we would treat it that way. Joe, 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 Joe I'll yeah. let you get your second point in because I know you have a really good one coming up. Um, but I just want to say, because I'm going to bring it back to fantasy football, which is the reason you're listening to this. Um, 
anyone in a split backfield. So we're talking Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon, um, Chase Edmonds, you know, Connor, Chase Edmonds, Connor, uh, Pollard. No, not talking about them. Um, Leonard Fournette, Rojo, anyone in a split backfield whose counterpart has a big game week one, buy the other one for as cheap as possible. Don't be a dick about it. I mean, throw obviously sometimes people draft Rojo and Fournette or whatever situation they're in. Zach, say say Singletary has a huge game week one. Try to buy Zach Moss. People love re, it's recency bias. People see that and they go, "Oh fuck, Singletary is the guy. I picked the wrong one." And people literally will trade week one. I mean, don't be a dick about it. Just be like, "Hey, who do you want for Moss?" Don't send blind trades either sweeten it sweeten it up we, we've talked about this with other people talk to the people but be like hey joe who you want for james connor i saw edmonds had a big game uh bag just, of chips bag of peanuts yeah i i'm done with him i can't believe it i picked him high i picked him in the eighth round i reached for him i wanted him to be good what do you got for me give him someone you grabbed in the eighth round make it an even trade but like you need a running back or whatever grab throw a wide receiver at him i just i i love buying people when people give up on people, that's the best time to buy someone. It's business economics, right, Joe? It is. It is. It goes back to the economics thing. And by far, you can get some insane deals week one. You got to oh. be ballsy. You got to be slinging oh, yeah. some deals. But week one, you hit while the iron is hot. Sometimes those are the best times. Let's say let's say a Jerry Judy owner, Cortland Sutton comes back for week one. Sutton just fucking tears up, has a 150-yard game. Judy catches three balls for 30 yards. Bye, Judy. Go buy him right then. Fuck, dude. The preseason, even like if you got if you're watching a preseason game and like the third string running back just starts going nuts, start putting in some offers for the starter because that guy's shaking in his boots watching that third stringer go insane. So you can get some great deals there. All right, Joe, finish this up. All right, um, possums. As always, it's a pleasure riding with you, uh, Josh and Billy. You guys are awesome. And Tony Pollard, if you are listening to this, I. I think you're a good football player, but I don't think you're that good. I love you, Tony. So. <laughs>